Hello and welcome back to the latest Think Business podcast powered by Bank of Ireland. Today we talk to best-selling Irish social media strategist Louise McDonnell, who authored her book 2022 Social Media Planner and Guide, which is in high demand for advice and inspiration on how to stay fresh and relevant on social media. She talks to Think Business about building a brand in the West of Ireland and why so many businesses get it wrong when it comes to social media. So I'm joined today by Louise McDonald, author and social media expert, I presume, is probably the best way to describe it. She runs a company called so- Sell on Social. And, and you have an interesting story to tell, Louise, because um, you basically have started your, so- your social media academy. And it's a whole social media academy, but it's built in the west of Ireland. Tell, tell us about how the social media academy came about. I am, I suppose I'm from Enniscrone County, Sligo. Um, I studied in Sligo IT. I did my degree there, actually. Did my my third year diploma in France through French. Finished my degree in Sligo. And like everybody else, John uh, moved to to the big smoke and lived there for about a decade. And I always wanted to, I didn't want to settle there. You know, when it came to buying property, you know, it was a case of, no, I don't want to buy up in in the east coast so we moved back home to, to the west of ireland and um i hadn't i found it really hard to move home to be honest because at that time i had i had maybe nearly 10 years of experience working in a in um like a, an internet-based company a high-tech company and i was actually used to get calls all the time I used to be headhunted because i had a, i had a huge amount of experience that was really in demand at that time and I wanted to move down the West. And I never forget the day I rang. I rang, was it Enterprise Ireland? Or it was the IDA. I rang the IDA office in Sligo. And like at this time, I was used to working in Dublin, where every time you went out to into Blanchestown or somewhere like that, there was a new industrial estate with all new you know, buildings in it. So there was a huge amount of um, growth in Dublin. Um, and it was quite exciting time to be in Dublin. But I remember I rang the IDA office and I was like, can I have a list of all the startups that are going to be in May on Sligo, please, um, in the next six months? And the lady said, oh, we haven't had one in three years. And I nearly fell off the phone. I nearly fell off the chair. I was on the phone and I was like, oh my God, I'm never going to get a job down the west of Ireland. So um, it, it took me nine months to find something to apply for. Mm. And you know, in, in the, and it was nothing to do with what I ended up applying for and working in was absolutely nothing to what I had all my experience in Dublin. So like I had worked in an EDI factory, which was one of the earliest e-commerce type companies. Um, I was working in that space before it was even a, a thing, like before we were using the terms e-commerce, e-business. And I had all that experience and then came down the West of Ireland and I took up a, a position as the CEO of Ballina Chamber of Commerce. Um, which was, a, and in hindsight, like it was a really good move for me because I absolutely loved it. It was a, a, um, all about, like, it was a really developmental role. Um, it was about promoting the area and helping small businesses. And we did a huge amount of lob- lobbying the government for infrastructural um, improvements in, in the area as well. So it was a really, really good job. It was like running my own business because I had to balance the books. I had to bring in enough money every year. I had to, you know, I still had to, to run enough projects, which impressed all the members that they would stay on as members. So again, I picked a huge amount of experience up there. Cool. But um, at the height of the reset, I did move jobs. So I was working in a, in a company that was based head, head office in Ballina. And then at the height of the recession um, in 2009, so just, I was just, my children were about, they were eight months old. They were, I was not long back off after maternity leave. They were in the creche. And on the morning of my birthday, I was made redundant. And 
um, it was such a shock, even though I don't know if, if you've ever been made redundant or anyone that's listening has ever been made redundant. You know, when when you're made redundant, it's nearly like you're embarrassed about it because you think, oh, God, people are going to think I wasn't good at my job and that I've been let go. Mm. And and I remember my friend had been working in the same company as me and she had been she had been made redundant the week before. So. Um, and she was, she was like, oh my God, I'm so, you know, I'm so embarrassed. And, you know, I, and I was, you know, patting her on the back saying, it's not your fault. It's the economy. It's, you know, it's totally out of your control. But that morning when I got the same news and like, I still got the shock. I still, mm. I still had that awful feeling of what am I going to do now? And I still had that, oh, what am I going to tell people? Like I, I've lost my job. And as I walked down the stairs, four flights of stairs, I just really did feel my heart sink further and further. And also what was in the back of my mind was the conversation that I'd had with that lady in the IDA offices all those years ago, where she said, we haven't had a startup in three years, because I thought in 2009, where everything was falling apart in the economy, like, where am I going to get a job? And um, I knew that I, there was nothing at the level I was wanted to work at that I, that I could apply for. So um, the the only option I really had was to, was to start my own business. And I'd always had ambitions to do that, but I would never have had the courage. I, if mm. I'm honest, I never would have, you know, especially when you have kids now, you know, I t- twins and I just needed that, um, you know, consistency, money coming in every month. But so mm. and, anyway, what decided as I had, by the time I got to the bottom of the four flights of the steps, I was like, this is it, Louise. This is your opportunity. Just go for it. And I, I was really fortunate that in the last two years um, before I was made redundant, obviously things were really tough in the, in the company that I was working in. And instead of outsourcing search engine optimization, instead of outsourcing, you know, um, Google ads and all of that email marketing, I had taken it back in house. Um, and I had learned how to do everything myself. And I was also going back to the skills that I had, that I had learned, you know, that I had developed while I was working in, in Dublin as with the company EDI Factory. And when I realized what I had is, is that I was a marketer, a marketer who had digital marketing experience. And that might sound like, oh, yeah, so what? But in 2009, there was very few people like that who had the, those mm. two, a combination of skills because normally the like the SEO and and the, the Google ads and all of that would have been left to an IT person in a, in a company and the IT people with all due respect to them they wouldn't have had the business background mm. so um so I you know so I, I I started my business from there and I started to help people with their um, digital marketing and in fact, it's just the social media side of the business just grew phenomenally. Um, I won a contract with Falcha Ireland to be um, an e-marketing um, mentor on, on one of their panels. And it was wonderful because it really, you know, once I started working for them and once they, you know, they got the feedback from their clients, I was just so busy. They just sent me so much, so much work. And then one day I got a call from the local enterprise office. It was known as the County Enterprise Board at the time in, in County Mayo. And the guy there, I would have known really well, just personally, just from, from my work in the Chamber of Commerce and on different projects, we would have crossed paths. And he said, Louise, will you do me a favour? Will you put together a course on Facebook? He said, I've loads of people asking for it here and I've known, I can't find anyone who'll do it. And, and I was, I do, I said, Frank, I'm too busy. I'm too busy to fall to Ireland. And he goes, oh, would you just please do it for me? 
And I said, okay. And I did and put together the course and I literally haven't stopped since. So he actually did me such a favor that day because the demand for Facebook at the time, 2009, 2010, it was Facebook. It's obviously, mm. you know, there's other social media channels now that people need to learn. Like Instagram is ex- extremely important and LinkedIn for B2B. And we're starting to do some tra- train- training this year now on TikTok. So, um, so to answer your question, how did the academy get you know based in the West of Ireland? Well, I suppose through my own determination of just saying I you know I don't want to, I don't want to have to be forced to live in whatever part of the of the of the country, and the fact that I just I, I developed my own business because I had to, and then about six or seven years ago I started tuning into the fact that you know I could deliver training I could record it, I could make it on demand, I could start working online. And so, I mean, I was four or five years into developing that when the, when the, um, when the pandemic hit. So I had already, you know, I already was training online. I already had my academy. I already already was used to to facilitating sessions online. And there's mm-hmm. a certain skills that you develop to be able to do that as well. So to try and give people a classroom experience through Zoom. So it's not a, um, you know, just a one directional, you know, lecture because people just fall asleep or they turn off their cameras and they go off and do the dishes. Um, it's an interactive you know, a fully immersive experience where they're on their toes as much as it would be is if they were in a classroom with you. So the academy has grown like phenomenally, like I've members from all every corner of the world, um, which is it is so cool. And I love the fact that I can do it all here from my little countryside house in the in the west of Ireland. Um, I also have an agency. So for those who can afford to outsource their social media, um, we we do that for an in-sell on, on social media agency. And I have two girls working full time for me, but they, they're remote workers and it'll never be anything else. I'll never, I'll never, I never want to have an office where we maybe where we meet for meetings every now and then, but I never want to have an office. It'll be a remote, remote workplace and people can work from wherever they want. I don't mind as long as they do the work. And that's the amazing thing. I mean, you, you obviously, the redundancy was a catalyst and a lot of, a lot of, a lot of great things are born out of necessity or challenge. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize that when you're back to the wall, that's probably when your brain is at its finest and you're really, I suppose your, your, your uh, instincts kick in, instincts for survival. And that's where, you know, it's probably the best editing tool you'll ever have for, for all the clutter in your head. But certainly it was the catalyst for, for getting you on the road to being an entrepreneur. But I find what was really interesting is you mentioned there about being a remote working business in from the countryside in the West of Ireland and, for a long time, I, I remember banging a drum about broadband for years and years. We need broadband, we need broadband every corner of the country. We're, we're still not there. We still have a lot of problems with that. But the genesis of your kind of business now, what you do is what you do. But there's all kinds of all kinds of things that people have built up over their years, their skills, their abilities. Um, you know, we have a beautiful country here, um, but we seem to think that everything has to happen in big towns and cities. Like what you have there is a template for the future of business, don't you think? It was in February 2020, I was actually doing some training courses in Roscommon town and I had and I ended up staying overnight because I just was training two days in a row. And just to kill some time one evening when I was in Roscommon, there was a grow remote talk on in the town and I just went along to it just to you know I was like nothing else to do but it was it was so phenomenally like what they said that evening was that um at the next 
global recession that companies would start to ditch their buildings in favor of growing a remote workforce. And they were already had examples of different organizations, likes of um, Shopify and like really large organizations that already have a remote working workforce. They already had it in place. So you could do like a customer service role from anywhere, from your home. And, you you know, I'm, I'm not too sure how they how they work it exactly, but I just thought I remember that evening being struck and thinking, wow, that's a wonderful opportunity for for the for rural Ireland, because with my back to my chamber of commerce hat on me, like we were always trying to figure out how we could attract industry into the area and we could attract large organizations into the area. And in fact, we don't need to now. We just need to be able to attract people who are working remotely into mm. the area. So I'm, I remember being absolutely delighted that evening, thinking what a wonderful opportunity. Now, little did we know a month later that here we were, you know, we were going to be in the middle of a, you know, a pandemic mm. and we were all going to be stuck in our houses. And, and that's, I think that is the, the catalyst to, which is, which is going to really help um, grow the kind of remote working um, opportunities. And, and it is wonderful for, 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 for because at, the, in, at that event, they were giving examples of, you know, a lady who was working in Boyle and she was, you know, um, working um, for, in financial services, but it was for a company based in London and she was still getting the London based salary and she was living in, in Boyle in Roscommon. You're going, that's amazing. Mm. And like, if you don't need to be all crammed into the one little space and com- commuting on the same, you know, trains and whatever it is, it's, I think it's absolutely wonderful. So what they were saying was with remote workers is that there's a lot of people who just want to live by the sea and go for a surf in, at lunchtime or in the evening time and no commute time and, you know, just better quality of life. Because that's the thing. I mean, I mean, I, I live in the country and a lot of people who do live in the country just can't praise it enough for like simple things like being able to get your kids to school. That's, you know, be able to be able to accommodate them, uh, you know, living in, you know, just that clarity you get from living in a beautiful environment and, you know, it's not bad. It may not be the bustling cities that you may have worked in, but you know, all the other things you do need, like if you do want to go out for a nice meal or you do want to have nice social experiences, they're within reach. You know what I mean? It's, it's not like you're cutting yourself off by any means. Absolutely. And the more people that are able to move back to rural villages and towns, the more sustainable those towns and villages become because, you know, you're not just there. Like I live in, as I said, in a scrone, it's a, it's a tourist village so when I was in, when I was growing up in the 80s everything shut down during the winter and you know it was only open for the the few weeks of the summer a, a lot of you know a lot of the large businesses whereas now we have beautiful restaurants all year round you know we're blessed we, we are absolutely blessed with what we have on our doorsteps and that's also down to the fact that you know there's lots of people now working and living locally and spending money locally and that's really important as well. That, well, that's it. I mean, for every, for every, you know, I think these say about multinationals for every euro spent was another four euro spent in the local economy or, you know, those, those things do add up. You know, everyone, if I'm working locally, I'm more likely to go to the local shop to buy that loaf of bread or milk, or whatever. You know what I mean? It all adds up. Um, just, just returning to the social media aspect of it, like the thing about social media, like I, for my time in tech, um, one of the things that was impressed upon me is that many of the jobs that have been created, many of the well-paying jobs that have been created in the last decade, you know, are, are jobs that didn't exist before, uh, particularly in areas like customer experience and, you know, design thinking, everything like that. But when it comes to social media, one of my laments about, even with, even with, say, the internet giants like Google is that 
there is no playbook per se for anyone to kind of navigate it. It's like, it's like they make up their rules as they build their businesses and, and then it's for other people to figure out and then for maybe persons like yourself to divine that and then distill it for other businesses. Um, I think when it comes to businesses getting their heads around social media, once upon a time, it seemed like Facebook and Twitter. It's just, uh, TikTok is huge. I've seen, I think I mentioned to you before, but some amazing examples of creativity I've seen by businesses that have just done some amazing things just to, I suppose, make their business more accessible and prominent and they just, the creativity is brilliant and clearly, clearly they're saying to people in the building saying, come up with a good plan, come up with an idea and they're letting creativity flourish. Uh, that's one of my instincts about it. Um, but at the same time, you know, people get bogged down in everything when it comes to SEO on a, on a basic internet front. That's challenging uh, when it comes to selling on Facebook or Instagram or, you know, where do you start? Like if you're a business and you say, well, I've been ignoring this long enough. Now I want to start. I've got, you know, I don't have a huge amount of money. I don't really, I, I put ads in the local paper. It hasn't really done a lot for me, but I do need to kind of bring footfall or I do need to sell something. And, um, you know, I might have to do this all myself. Um, or maybe I'll have to find someone in the office who's kind of, you know, who I think maybe maybe suitable for this or has has an instinct or a grow for it. Um, where do you start? Well, I think the very first thing that businesses need to realise is the potential. Uh, there's so many businesses out there who think that you know social media is just another activity that they have to under, undertake because somebody else has told them to, or because their competitors are doing it. But they don't really understand the huge potential that and the difference that it can make to their bottom line. So that would be very much my mantra. Like for me, social media is about generating sales if you're e-commerce and leads if you're selling a service. Okay. And if you're not doing that through the activities that you're undertaking on social media, well, then you need to evaluate what you are doing. There's 7.65 billion of us in the planet and 4.25 of those billion people (laughs) are, are social media users. Like that's 4.25 billion people who are walking around with mobile phones in their hands, in their, in their pockets, in their handbags, in their briefcases, on their person. They check their social media multiple times a day. It's a huge opportunity for us to get in front of customers and potential customers. And those businesses that, that do it well, it makes a huge difference to their bottom line. And that's the first the first thing that I suppose to, to point out to people is that as the potential. Um, and then after that, I think the most important thing is that p- businesses understand that like there is, there is a correct way to do it. And then there's a way that you can waste a lot of time. So what I found, John, was that when I would go into training courses throughout the years, I could be, I could walk into a room and you could have, you know, a huge variation in terms of um, the the level of exposure that people even have had had to social media. So you could have somebody sitting there who'd never been on any social media channels before and somebody else who's sitting there maybe with 16,000 followers and you're going, oh my goodness, how do I deliver training and keep both of those two people happy? Mm. So over the years, um, I developed what I call my six-step system. And, you know, so you I could go into a training course and you could have somebody there that had no experience with social media and I could show them the six steps and they would leave with a better understanding of what they needed to do. And the person with the 16,000 followers could maybe understand why they have the followers, but they don't have sales or leads. Mm. And again, that all, that all fitted into my, to my six steps system. So um, there's three kind of avatars and three types of uh, 
people I generally meet. The first is people with their heads in the sand who just ignore it and know they should be doing it, but don't aren't even using social media or just use it sporadically. The second um, type of person would be somebody who's quite busy on social media. They're spending a lot of time creating content and interacting with people, but it's not making any difference for their business. And then the third um, avatar would be people that um, are just want to run ads and they don't want to do anything else and they'd only show up when they have something to sell. And so each one of those is not succeeding on, so, on social media. And so this is where my six-step system comes in. So if you've been ignoring social media and you just don't know where to start, well, obviously the step one is where you start. So step one is the foundation of social media success. And those who, who, want, who, who follow step one um, will actually just be more successful, not just with their social media, but also with their messaging in general, their website copy, their emails, everything. So step one is about understanding your brand essence. So really understanding how your product or how your service is different to your competitors and being able to communicate that effectively and clearly and understand what your core messages are. With also in step one, we, uh, we, we create, um, um, we profile our customers, but not just like in my experience, most businesses just don't do this enough or don't do it well enough. Um, they tend to just do it by kind of general kind of demographics and it's not good enough. So in, instead, what, what, we, what I talk about in step one is to really profile people, but based on their pain points, based on, um, based on like how we can make their lives better. So we, we go through a whole process of, of doing that. And then in step one, what we also do is we set our goals. So we, we determine, sit down and go, well, why am I going to use social media? What's the business reason I'm using it? And I really want to you know, create a smart goal, which is specific and can be measured. And, and at the end of the process, you can, you know, you can review it if, if you've achieved your goals. So the goals are really important because the goals dictate everything else that you do. The goals will dictate the content you produce. Um, they will dictate um, your ad campaigns and when, you're, when you'll run them. Profiling customers helps you to, to figure out what content you should create and it helps you with your copy for your ads and, um, and then understanding how you're unique and different is, is really important or else your content could be too generic and your ads will be too generic too. So that's step one. Um, so, so for those who are ignoring social media, that's a really good foundation to get, to get going on. Step two then, and so for those who are very busy on social media, it could be that they're just very busy, but they're not communicating how they're different. And when somebody goes to check them out, they just don't even know how they can do business with them. That's really common. That brings me to step two. So step two is all about social media optimization. And this is about optimizing your website and your social media channels so that when somebody, when you do get somebody's attention, that they do understand how you're different, how you're unique and, how, and why they should do business with you. So, and that's so important because... Time and time again, you will find that people will run ads and the ads can be really effective, but they drive people to a website which is really ineffective. So that's what step two is, is all about. It's about making sure that when you do get somebody's attention, that you, you, know, you have the maximum opportunity of converting them into a paying customer. Step three then is about social media content. And so most people... They just want to step, skip to step three and just they just create content without having done any of the planning or profiling or 
optimizing. So step three is about uh, creating content. And I do a huge amount of work around helping people to create different types of content like brand awareness content or consideration or educational type content, of course, sales content as well, and then advocate style content as well. So understanding the different types of content, understanding about the customer journey and what types of content you need to push out at different times throughout your campaigns. That's step three. So step four, then we're moving towards paid ads. Step four is about targeting. Um, it's about understanding how to reach different audiences at the right time with the right messages. Step five then is understanding how to navigate um, paid advertising. So at the moment, we the, the main platforms we would push there would be Facebook and Instagram because that's where the, the sales are generally delivered. Mm. And al although Instagram is, um, is really becoming popular and Facebook still delivers more sales for all of my clients across all of the different industry sectors. So, so don't ignore Facebook would be a, a strong message from today. So, um, so face, st step five is all about understanding what type of ads to, to run, um, understanding all the, how to use the ads manager to, uh, in, in, because it has so many sophisticated uh, targeting and ad creation capabilities, you know, to how to understand how to use that, you know, for your benefit. And, and step five then is also about the ad creation process. So, you know, what ad copy to write or what image to use. So I was reviewing a lady's account last week for her and all her ads had a click-through rate of under 2%. Like they had a like click-through rate of even under 1%. And so without, I just reviewed the performance um, of the ads in an Excel sheet. And I said, without looking at your ads, I know the problem is probably either the image you're using or the, or the words you're using, because you're not getting anybody's attention that you're targeting and they're not clicking on your ad. So there's one scenario. Another scenario can be we had another lady who had a click-through rate of seven and a half percent. So I think anything under two, I'd be questioning over two is, is good. If you can get it higher than that, even better again. So this lady had a click-through rate of seven and a half percent and then no sales. So the issue there was, was her website. So mm. once we addressed that, she started getting the sales. It's about understanding all of that. So that's step five leading into step six, which is then reviewing performance and tweaking, tweaking campaigns, sometimes on the go. So sometimes you would not let a campaign run too long if you knew there was an issue with a click-through rate or an issue with a, with a website. You fix those as you're going along and you're continually working on it to get the best results. So there are my six steps, John, and mm. businesses that follow that get results. They, like they can, you know, they can quantify, they can say, I spent 500 euros and in return, I got, you know, X amount um, of sales um, and, and they're, you know, and then also taking into consideration things like, like what's the lifetime value of a, of a customer? How many times do they repeat their custom with me? How much can I expect that they will spend with me in the first year and the second year? And, and so the most expensive time you should acquire a customer is the first time. And then after that, you build a relationship with them through email. Email is critical. Email, using email marketing hands in hand with social media is critical because you don't own your followers on whatever social media channel you're on, but you own your email list. So if you can build a relationship with people and get them onto a list and nurture them, it, you, gen you will generate more money from that list. That's a, it's a very logical uh, approach to it. And, you know, it's very formulaic. Um, the main thing I think people will struggle with is that they want to do it all now. Like, 
it's a lot on that list, like particularly things like breaking down who your customer, I mean, how the link between who you're targeting and the kind of content you're going to put out there, you know, it's all very logical and well thought out. But the first thing most people go is panic. Um, is, it, is it really about creating space to do that? Because and often people say, well, how do you how do you create space when you're up to your waist and crocodiles and trying to keep your business going? Um, but it really does take that time and effort, doesn't it? People that will, will sit down and really think about like how their product or service is different and, and be able to communicate that effectively. That is going, that helps not just their social media, that helps their websites, their brochures, their sales pitches, their emails, everything they do. And, and so like, ultimately, like I've helped thousands, I've helped thousands and thousands of businesses throughout the years. And, you know, it's not that you're giving different much, the advice mightn't be too different between one business and another because, you know, they all fundamentally need to do the same things. The difference will be some people will hear what you're saying and they'll implement it. And, and other people will, won't. And at the end, and, and the people that take on board the advice and, and actually change what they're doing, they, they, make, they make more progress. And on, on some, that's why some businesses won't, because they won't, they won't follow the advice. So um, I can't stress how important it is so people think social media is about clicking here and clicking there. It's not. It's about being able to identify your core messages and communicate them effectively. And so, you know, Facebook or Instagram was wiped off, was gone this time tomorrow. I wouldn't stop my academy because I'd still be teaching people how to do that, how to understand how you're truly unique um, as, as an organization. So if somebody wants to buy that product, what's actually different about it or if somebody wants to use you know to to engage with you to deliver a service they have to know you and trust you before they'll do that so it's about figuring out how you show up week in and week out on social media to 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 build that relationship with people and then would you say that like with the rise of like you mentioned that facebook and instagram are still king particularly facebook um but at the same time, we're seeing new platforms flourish at the moment. TikTok is, is huge among, among everyone who's in, in their teens and early 20s, particularly. Um, you know, I, I mentioned there, there's a great amount of creativity going on there. Um, Snapchat's still around. Most people don't mention Snapchat, but the, the teens still use it. <laughs> you know, uh, Twitter, uh, ironically, I think about Twitter is, uh, it has a very niche audience, uh, a very influential and niche audience. Um, but at the same time, it's not the main street. I think the main street is probably Facebook. Um, but if you were looking at the trends and the kind of things that, you know, on your, you know, because as I mentioned, social media really has only been around for the last 14, 15 years, going back to Bebo and uh, I forget other ones now, I know, but Bebo was huge in Ireland at one point. Um, you know, Twitter and Facebook have come along. Uh, others, MySpace, that's the one I was trying to remember. They, they're gone. Bebo and MySpace are gone. I don't think Facebook's gone anywhere anytime soon. But, you know, the the kind of trends you're seeing, the new ways people are using social media and how it's probably displacing traditional media too, because I mentioned there are also like people might have taken an ad out in the local newspaper and suddenly now all of that's kind of been sucked up by um, Facebook and Google pretty much. Um there are no classifieds in newspapers really anymore to the same degree there was maybe 10, 15 years ago. Um, but if you're looking at the trends and what, what's got you most excited about where social media is going? A short form video is huge and that's coming from TikTok and Instagram Reels. Hmm. And um, I, 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 I always say to people like, it's one, like the, if you can, if you can communicate your message in like nine to 15 seconds, happy days. 
So a few years ago, you'd have seen people trying to create like three minute ads, whereas now I'm saying like, yeah, 15 seconds is, is fine. <laughs> so that is, I suppose, the biggest change. I suppose, one of the biggest trends that I see is that um, it's a, that move towards fast form, short, short form, fast moving video. And actually, what is it getting closer to? If you look at your TV commercials, that's what they are. You know, they're, they're not minutes and minutes long. They're maybe 15 or 30 seconds. Mm. So, uh, and again, being able to communicate your core messages really quickly and get people's attention and, and just fast moving like video clips, two seconds, one second, that kind of thing yeah. works really well. Um, so that, yeah, the younger kids are hanging out, uh, like they use Snapchat as a messaging platform um, more so than anything else. Mm. Um, and and TikTok, the Beyond TikTok. And I think the young kids have developed such an amazing, amazing, amazing skills because they're, they're you know, they're creating these cool short form style videos for years now. Um, Instagram then, um, the kids will be on Instagram as well. So the younger generations will be on Instagram. But I think there's a lot of people moving towards Instagram as well. People really like it as a platform. Mm. Facebook is funny, like people are still there. They're, they don't yeah. share they don't share information like they would have years ago, but like some people do, but lots of people would wouldn't be sharing, you know, if with a cell little um I don't know, um, things in their lives that they're celebrating, like, or if they've been on holidays or if they'd won, one of the kids won something or if there's different milestones, let's say. Um, but they are still there. They're still, they're still accessing the platform. And, and, mm. and from an advertising point of view, that's all we really need. Like I did an analysis of the, the trend from 2016 to 2022. And it is amazing to see that there is, has a, there is a, a drop-off um, between the very young ages, let's say 13 to 18, but even from the 19 to 24, there's still more people now of the, that age cohort on Facebook now than there was in 2016. So it's like the way I describe Facebook, Facebook is like the local newspaper. Mm. Okay. So people like to go there because there's, you know, their local clubs are there. They're checking out, you know, um, you see lots of GA clubs or soccer clubs now. And after the weekend, they'll be putting up the results of some matches. And then some parent will have taken upon themselves to write a, you know, a commentary of what happened within, you know, the, the match. And that's why you bring the, you bring all that younger cohort on because they want to read that as well. Um, and yeah, so, so Facebook is like the, 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 the local uh, newspaper, right? You know, your, your um, Roscommon Herald or your Western people or your, you know, whatever that is, um, Galway Advertiser. And then um, Instagram's more like glossy magazine. So it's like a, everything is much more glossy and picture perfect. So I would say that's like your, you know, your, your local kind of, if you have a, um, a look, like you know, in Mayo, we have a Mayo now. It's a beautiful glossy magazine, and you love to look through the pictures in it. So that's like like the Instagram, and and then the TikToks, those are just where the young kids hang out. It's like um, they're just watching videos the whole time. So, well, I, I was just was so distinct through my head. There was the the creativity aspect because uh, the common denominator is everyone's carrying a smartphone, right? And I saw a brilliant video there on TikTok there about two weeks ago where it was a hotel in Monaghan, I think it was, and it had all their staff lined up and they had obviously clearly fallen backwards into the swimming pool, but they edited the video in such a way that they looked like there was something out of the Avengers just coming out of the water and they had these amazing poses. And I just thought like, wow, like that was done on a smartphone. The whole thing took 15 seconds. Your smartphone has like 
most of the technology that I would have dreamed of back when I was doing journalism first, say in the 1990s, is on the average consumer smartphone now. We've got great speaker technology, great camera technology, great processing technology. Everything goes into the cloud. It's absolutely mind-boggling just what's possible. And that's what I think is the creativity. I think you're, you're bang on about the, the 15 seconds, you know, and again, there's that that uh, that solicitor Grogan in Dublin who, who's, who's created a huge following on TikTok. That's a law. That's a fact where he's talking about HR issues that people have. And we're, we're in the middle of the great resignation and it's a buoyant talent ecosystem at the moment. People are moving around. Everyone's a bit confused about their rights, uh, going into the office, going out of the office. Should I go to the office? Can I be made go to the office? All of these things. And I'm just seeing that kind of level of creativity just flourish. That'll be my trend, I think, like... The, the technologies uh, have been around for the last decade, but it's really people are beginning to mature in how they're using them. And uh, particularly, I'd like to see more creativity of the kinds I've described there. So a solicitor creating a huge following and, and uh, is, is magnificent. A, a local hotel uh, just showing, uh, entirely just using the, the, the editing capability on their smartphone in a very creative way. I just thought that was mind boggling. Uh, and I, I hope we see more of that. And you're always going to get leaders like that who will kind of pave the way for other people to go, oh gosh, I, oh, maybe we could do that too. But Believe it or not, John, there's a lot of people out there who still don't want to put themselves in front of the camera. Mm. I'm a bit like that at times too. I mean, as much as I've been in front of cameras and on radio and God knows what for years, I, I'm, 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 I'm pretty probably more introvert than I probably like to admit at times and I don't you know I can understand that in people I mean that they don't want to necessarily you know be the face of the company they probably maybe they think that they they're maybe they're, they're they've got younger more glamorous colleagues who probably be better at that than them you know what I mean that'll be the first thing when people go well actually no how about your authentic self like what did you tell me what you think and people realize need to realize that that's what people want it's it's kind of authenticity not just the glamour if they want to go to like, glamour they can go to instagram and pinterest right so you know if, if it's someone talking about how he fixes a boiler in a house and just say these are the things you do and don't do and he just does in a very authentic and accessible way that probably will yield him more sales than you know taking an ad in a local newspaper Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so one of the things I would say to small businesses is that it's really important to include your, your face in, in your images, even if it's only in images or videos, because um, that's otherwise you end up, you risk having your social media channel being really quite generic. Mm. And so Canva is an amazing tool and I love it. I'm its biggest fan and I teach people how to use Canva in my academy. But in some, in some ways I see, I can go to social media channels and they've these beautiful generic type, you know, stock imagey type of uh, created images, imagery created for all the time. And so you've no sense about who's in the business or, or, you know, who mm. they are. And, and so a good example I, I give to people is like, you are the face of your business. So if you were a large multinational, like, um, like Lancome, if it's skincare or Coca-Cola um, or whatever globe, global brand you can think of, like the board of directors of those organizations are faceless. We don't know who they are. Mm. And they're certainly not able to kind of represent their brand um, online. And they would then pay these brand ambassadors movie stars and pop stars yeah I see I see I see a lot of that and in some cases it could be quite useful like I see for example Spotlight Oracle a company set up by two sisters in Galway are very good at kind of getting people to explain how to use their products that kind of works for them but sometimes if it's just, if it's just a bit too um, I suppose there's, there's there's a brand ambassador and, and it's really there because they're just simply glamorous yeah but like what I, so I was saying is like for a small business they are the face of their business they actually have a better they have a real opportunity to 
to be the face of the business and to, to help, you know, differentiate themselves from others because nobody else can use their face. Yeah, I, I think I think it's about substance over style. I always say to people like nobody, is, nobody else is looking at that video thinking, oh, God, look at them or oh, their voice sounds weird. So we're the only ones who think our voice sounds weird because, yeah. you know, everybody else doesn't think about it too much. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd be like, I'd be like, just do it. And if you're really, really worried about doing video, um, start off with doing maybe an Instagram story because it's gone in 24 hours and you don't have to look for it at it any longer than that you know or record record something and you know only put it up when you're happy with it but honestly like um the businesses that succeed in in my academy and in my agency you know they, they just have to do the little things right so you know they don't have to be they don't have to do anything too differently than I had a lady at the moment and she's in my agency actually. And one of the biggest things I just said to her at the beginning of the year, as I said, we really struggle because we need more images from you. So I said, I just, every time you create a product, I want you to get in the habit of taking me a photo, send, send, taking a photo and send it to, to us on the WhatsApp group. We have a WhatsApp group set up mm. and like the difference it has made because she just started doing it every single time now. And we have like a, a bank full of images that are real images of her product and her making her product, which like is just having such an impact on sales. Amazing. And now she started sending through little videos and she's just saying, here's a new product and here's what it looks like. And here's a look at this. So, so she's, she's, she's gotten more confident, I think. And yeah, but yeah. And we just take it then and we push it out. We, we push it out and we, we turn yeah. and use it I, for ads. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's an Irish thing because there is that kind of tall poppy syndrome. People don't like sticking their head above the parapet or they kind of go, oh, I have a great face for radio is the usual line you hear from people. But the thing is, that's it. I mean, sometimes people just want to see people. Yeah, they do. But think about it like, you know, nobody else can use your face. Nobody else can can, you know, use your videos like that's completely unique to your business. Um, and so it's really, really important uh, actually, a, a brilliant one came into my mind there. Mattress Mick, he's uh, he's created a great, great following, a very, very likable guy. And, you know, he, he's he's created a great following by just being himself. And, you know, he's, he, he, kind of, he kind of makes a bit of a parody of himself in some ways. But that's great, right? It helps sell by selling mattresses. Yeah, exactly. And like if you're selling a service as well, like it's even more important than, than selling products um, because you know, you're the one delivering the service. So people have to get to know you and trust you. So if you're a coach or you're a consultant or a trainer, um, it's so important to f- that you, ha- you have to be within in, in your social media channels, um, your face, your videos, constant, all the time. Yeah, I pretty much say that's the, and those that do it will be more successful. Those that don't, won't. And finally, you're in the middle of a rebrand, I understand. Uh, so you can be found on, online. Is it louisemcdonald.ie or .com? Sorry, first of all. .com, yeah, louisemcdonald.com. Yeah, so that, yeah, that's so, um, you'll find me there. All my books are there, links to my planners and or where you can buy them. And, um, but my, my academy is under sell on social dot media. So sell on social dot media it's not dot com it's dot media mm. and i'm just going to be rebranding the agency under that as well so sell on social dot media so it's academy or agency yeah brilliant louise with that thank you so much for your time i found it very very insightful especially those six steps i think if anyone really wants to succeed in social media our business that it's a very logical approach to most things right you just break it down you think about it and you come up with an appropriate plan and uh, yeah thank you so much for that it was really great Oh, thank you, John.